Welcome, everyone, to episode 20 of Casting the Net with Father Dave and Rick. Rick is back this week, so Father Dave doesn't have to go this alone anymore. He's uh, got his co-host back, so I'm sure he appreciates that. Uh, this is another uh, continuation of their discussion on the Bible, and this week they talk about two main interpretations that we give Scripture. There's the spiritual and the literal, and how we need to have an understanding of both for a clear interpretation for what God is wishing for us to hear. They talk a lot about how they don't compete or contradict. And the discussion here in episode 20 underscores a lot of what they discussed in previous episodes. One of the more interesting things that I learned from here, this episode was that the heart of the spiritual interpretation is finding Christ himself and how Christ is the interpretive key for all of Scripture. It sounds like a, a pretty simple um, thing to say, but I think there's a lot of power in that. If you really think about that and kind of drill down to you know, what this episode is all about. So we hope you enjoy episode 20, Casting the Net. Hi, I'm Father Dave Nuss, together with Father of Four, Rick Lingva. Welcome to Casting the Net. We are in search for catching the faith. Hey friends, Father Dave here. We are Casting the Net together with my co-host, Rick. Rick, it is great to see you. You're back in the saddle, or maybe not a saddle, you're in the seat. <laughs> you're in the seat across the table. That's right. As, as we record another episode. Yeah. Uh, how are things? Things are good. Things are really good. If I were any better, I'd. you'd have to call me Father Dave. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you actually deserve much better than that. <laughs> and uh, um, it, it's not as easy when you're not when we're not together. So, um, no, thanks for, you were, you were the typical, the pro, the prototype parent giving a kid like me the chance. Okay. You got to grow up. You got to do this by yourself. We got to see how it goes. Sooner or later, you just have to toss the kid in the pool and see if he can, if he can swim or if he's going to sink. And no, I, I, dude, I, don't you dare toss me in that pool ever again. <laughs> Oh, you're the you're the ace in this staff. No. I'm just the uh, the number five starter. So it's all thank you for about together. Thank you for uh, for covering for me. Uh, all about together time. and and friends. We've been in this extended series on the scriptures, on sacred scripture, on God's holy word, and seeking to just draw understanding to what is the Bible and where did it come from and how was it assembled and how do we how do we understand it? How do we interpret it? How do we use it? How do we profit from God's word and a familiarity of, of God's word? At least that's what we've been doing for, for several weeks. Hopefully, hopefully we've answered some or addressed some of those questions. And yeah. Yeah. And friends, we invite you, if you do have questions with scripture, we, we absolutely invite you to reach out to us and to share those questions and or comments with us, and we're just so delighted that you're taking time again to join our conversation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, one of the things that we had been talking about with Scripture was interpretation, and that is a has a as a real raging issue today. Mm -hmm. um, there's maybe not quite as much debate on where did it come from, how did it come to be. Mm -hmm. There's some debate about uh, number of books in the in the Bible between Protestants and Catholics and Orthodox. Uh, however, it's not a raging debate. Mm. I'm surprised at how many Protestants are unaware of the fact that the Protestants right. have removed right. uh, 
parts or, or, or all of, I believe it's seven, seven Old Testament books. books. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in terms of interpretation, what does it mean? How do I understand this? Mm-hmm. And then how do I apply it? Thoughts that you don't, can you frame this at all? I was gonna say don't don't ask me how you how you interpret. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, you know it's, I think it's hard because reading ancient texts in general is is a difficult thing for us modern folks. Um, you know the, the human authors of scripture were were writing in a different thought world and and just viewed things differently than we do. And so a lot of times we ask just the wrong questions when we approach the Bible. Mm. Um, just really, really broadly, there, there are sort of two main interpretations that we give scripture. One is called a spiritual sense or a spiritual interpretation. And the other is called a literal interpretation. Mm. Mm. Now, right off the bat, we run into issues because that literal interpretation, the word literal there, we're not using it in the way that we use the word literal in just common conversations, mm-hmm. discussions. Mm-hmm. Um, usually when we say literally, we're actually, this is going to be really confusing, but we usually, <laughs> we, we typically use it in a figurative way. Yeah, it's so, used inaccurately, inaccurately all right, the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> Give an example. T- teenagers are really easy to pick on oh, here, yeah. although we all do it. I, I caught myself doing it a bunch of times today as I was thinking about discussing this. Um, you hear a teenager say something like, I'm so embarrassed, literally I will die. <laughs> well, rarely does that happen. The teenager's right. probably actually speaking figuratively. Right. Um, right. But but in addition to speaking figuratively, what he or she is, means there is that I it's a fact. Yes. It's a fact I yes. am I am embarrassed. Yes. Um like journalistically, like you you know, it's like you're reading a newspaper account of my life. It's a fact that I'm embarrassed. Yes. We, we we don't use the word literal there um, in the same way when we when we do a literal interpretation of the Bible. So let's 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 repeat that: literal, spiritual, mm-hmm. two senses yeah. or modes of interpretation, right. both equally important. That's right. Uh, so one is not necessary. It's not that the literal somehow is the veil that has to be removed to get to the spiritual. Right that they interpenetrate each other. Mm-hmm. And we have to have understanding of both for the uh, clear interpretation of what God is wishing for us to hear. Yeah, yeah. Not only do they inter... Well, it's sort of implied in what you just said about um, interpenetrating. They, they'd never contradict. Ah, you, you need that's one... That's a great point. Um, they don't compete against each compete. other. They don't compete. Yeah. Um, I, I I guess maybe taking a step back here and, and just defining what we mean by literal. When we say a literal interpretation of the Bible, we mean just the plain meaning of the words in the text. Yeah. And so it may be as simple as to say at first, what does the text say? Right. Right. <laughs> now what's tricky there is that and we we've talked about this before, the Bible yeah. is actually like a library of books. Yes. There are different genres of literature yes. within the Bible. There's poetry there's history, although, again, ancient people thought about history in a different way than we yes. do today. There's apocalyptic literature. There's wisdom literature. Um, and so not one of those genres do you approach and think of in terms of, like, facts and, and journalism. Yeah. Um, you know, if when we read, like, Macbeth, and Macbeth says, you know, that life is a poor player who struts and frets mm. his hour upon the stage— mm. 
a walking shadow. Mm. Shakespeare would look at us as though we had two heads if we said, now, do you mean that factually? (laughs) No, it's poetry. (laughs) You know, he's he's trying to express that life seems kind of meaningless when you lose something important. Mm. Um, And so in the same way, it doesn't make a lot of sense for us to approach the Bible um, looking for looking for like a handbook of facts. Yeah. So like when in Genesis, um, when it says that Methuselah lived 969 mm. years or whatever mm. it was, mm. does that necessarily mean that he was on the planet as it went around the sun 969 times? Maybe. I mean, God's powerful and he has a lot of time on his hands, so he could have given Methuselah a naturally long <laughs> life, but probably it was just a case of, you know, and this happened a lot in the ancient world, um, the human author sort of exaggerating numbers to, to communicate the idea that Methuselah was a great man. Yeah. Like ancient authors did that all the time. Yes. Doesn't mean it's a lie. Yes. Doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's inaccurate. It's just that that's the literal reading of yes. that particular text. Yes. Yeah. Right. So we focus on what the text says within the context that it was written. That's really important. To the audience to whom it is yeah. directed, right? Yeah. All three of those things yep. Yep. in concert with each other. And that that gives us a sense of the literal. And, you know, we've done the. I've done this um, many times. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thinking of two classic examples that I've used in teaching. And one is in the book of Genesis chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And I will ask students, particularly when I was teaching high school students, um, what did Eve give Adam? Mm. And the response, 10 out of 10 times, is an apple. Yeah. And I say, wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And they want to argue with me right away. Oh, no, you're wrong. Father, you're wrong. (laughs) I know this one. (laughs) So let's open the text. Let's go to Genesis 3, yeah, and let's read what it is. And what we discover is it is fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing about it's, an apple. It's depicted as an apple in a lot of art. Exactly. That over the yeah. years, there are various renditions of that event mm-hmm. in art right. in which this is commentary, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, an artist is moved to give an interpretation of that event and yeah. the way they draw the characters. And, 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 and the apple has been sort of memorialized as the, right. great, uh, you know, the great fall of humanity, the fruit that caused the fall. <laughs> Gets a really bad rap. Gets a uh, bad rap. No, no good reason. <laughs> Gets a bad rap. But the literal sense is, included in this example, what does the text say? Not what I think it says, or I assume that it says, or what I heard somebody else say it says, or even an artist. You know, I saw this great uh, Caravaggio or whoever the artist might be of that epic, Mm -hmm. epic painting of of Eden and the fall of humanity. Mm -hmm. What does the text say? What is God's word? Mm -hmm. Right? So we we have to read it. Yeah. And we discover and, that. Right. And I, I love what you said about um, reading it in context. And so that doesn't mean that we all have to be biblical scholars, but it, it does mean that we need to read it as part of a community and, and be aware of yes. um, what the faith community, the church, yes. um, thinks about that passage. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. So it's it it it, it underscores uh, a lot of what we 
covered in previous episodes. Hey, total asides, so I can put a bow on Genesis chapter three. <laughs> but it, it, it total attribution to a seminary professor uh-huh. who was just a, a great scholar and a great priest and a great disciple, mm-hmm. and he just simply meditated upon that passage. So he's not suggesting any kind of uh, definitive answer to what kind of fruit. Mm. But immediately, Adam, Adam recognizes yeah. his nakedness, mm-hmm. right? Eve recognizes her nakedness. And we're told that they grab leaves, mm-hmm. right? Perhaps suggesting that that was the tree, perhaps from which the fruit was plucked right. where they were at. Right. And now they're scrambling to grab yeah. the leaves oh, to geez. cover themselves up out of shame. Do you remember what that, what kind of leaf it was? A fig. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was yeah. a fig. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's, that's really brilliant. <laughs> I don't know if it's brilliant, but it, it does, but that's more of a, that 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 lends more of a spiritual consideration of the, yeah. of the text, and of course, the, the depth of a spiritual interpretation of that text would be okay. What's what's causing? Um, what's the great temptation for me to rebel from the living mm. God? Yeah. What is it? What's what's alluring me to be able to? Um, seize as my own mm. and claim as my own right. where I don't need God. Your, in, your in fruit. This, yeah. My fruit. What what fruits yeah. are just so attractive to me mm-hmm. that it is uh, causing me to, to reject dependence on Almighty God. Mm. And those fruits aren't just, you know, they're not so much material items, although that can get some people. Sometimes, yeah. But other times... They, you know, shame or remorse or grief yes. or, or reputation, affirmation, recognition. Yeah. Or we'll go back to Aquinas again in the big four, wealth, power, pleasure, honor. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Those are the those are the those are the delicious, tantalizing fruits yeah. that Satan places before us for That's us right. to grab and insist on having all that we want. You know, Lewis uses it as a Turkish delight, right? In, oh, I in, forgot uh, about that, yeah. In um the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, we we um we sort of define literal interpretation, and and you you alluded to a spiritual interpretation. Like how how would you define spiritual interpretation mm. if somebody asked you? Okay, if literal is just the the plain meaning of the text and what, what the text says, yeah, as well, right? Kind of a, kind of a surface level level foundational reading of a yeah. text. What 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 would you say a, a spiritual interpretation of? Yeah, I mean the spiritual is? a lot of times is. Um, allegory, yeah, symbolism, mm-hmm. uh, representation. Mm-hmm. So, for example, uh, stories that involve the ark. Yeah, the fathers of the church, and this goes back to interpreting it in the context of the community to which we belong. Mm-hmm. So, if we understand this in the heart of the church, the fathers of the church, the earliest commentators on the scriptures, they draw attention that the ark is a symbol of the church, of the church. Uh, Christ establishes it for us to be able to have safe passage, despite all of the the challenges of the open sea, right? And all of the dangers therein. Mm -hmm. In fact, our inability to preserve ourselves outside of the ark in such inhospitable climate. Mm. 
So more of a spiritual interpretation, symbolism, representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, could you say that really at the heart of a spiritual interpretation is is finding Christ himself? I mean, we we spoke before about how the Bible as a whole is a book about, is, is words about the word. Yes. The problem is so many of those words in the Bible, particularly in the Old Testament, don't mention Christ. So how are you? How 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 could they possibly be about him if mm. they don't mention him? Mm. Well, that's where a spiritual interpretation comes into play. Yes, you know, we find stories, um, teachings, individual words that point toward the incarnation, toward yeah. Jesus Christ, toward yeah. toward the Word, the Son becoming a man. No, that's that's brilliant well, what you just said, and absolutely true. And I'm really glad you you clarified it in that way. Christ is the interpretive key for yeah. all of Scripture, including all of the Old Testament. Right. And the spiritual interpretation is, where is Christ yeah. here? How is Christ seeking to reveal himself to me? Yeah. And how do I respond yeah. to him? It really opens up huge portions of the Bible that would otherwise be kind of pointless for us. Yep. I mean, you know, you read Joshua or Leviticus, you know, these really... Um, sort of obscure books from the Old Testament that don't seem to have a lot of import for us today. Well, some of the wisdom literature, while it's pithy, and uh, yeah. um, these aphorisms that are great for daily living, yeah. they don't automatically... If, if we aren't delving into the spiritual interpretation of the text, then it becomes nothing but self-help. Mm. Good point. Friends, Good point. he's Rick. I'm Father Dave. We are casting the net, and we want to be caught in that net. <laughs> Christ has cast it through his church. We are so grateful for the time that you have spent with us, joining our conversation, and we hope that you'll continue to be with us. God be with you. Friends, he's Rick, and I'm Father Dave, a dad and a priest, together trying to become better fathers by catching Christian faith. Thanks for joining us for our conversation, and we hope that you'll connect with us next week for Casting the Net.